Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. So do you think you're going to be going without 14 to 16 then? I think probably, yeah. yeah. And I know Suj said to you on Friday, he's like, I've got to sort it. Yeah. It's killing me. The Fantasy Football Show. Hello everybody and welcome to Planet FPL, the world where everything revolves around Fantasy Premier League. My name is Clayton and I just nailed the intro. Hello James, how are you? Well done mate, that's <laughs> such redundant now. My name's James, hello everyone, I hope you're well, I hope you enjoyed England Friday night, that was exciting wasn't it? I didn't actually see it in the end, I had tickets to go but I couldn't go. So. Oh did you not go? No, so literally I was meant to leave at 5.38 and at 5.30 I had a call from uh, yeah, some shit going on. Uh, so within eight minutes, I was like, I had to count it. So yeah, you were it. lucky. Yeah, it sounds like it was. Uh, Mate, it was the first game of football that I watched following on from Chelsea and Man City's four-four draw. Oh, okay, <laughs> the disparities. I'll be honest, I don't even know what the score two was. games. I've been under a rock. I've literally. You don't even know what England score was. No, I've not had a chance. Genuinely, it's been yeah, it's been a bit mad. This is the bit where I go. Can you believe that we drew with Malta? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oh my god! Okay, <laughs> <laughs> but those also were under a rock at the weekend. England I'm guessing won, we didn't draw. England won two 0 okay. It was pretty shocking. It wasn't the big news from Friday though. That was Everton's staggering ten yeah. point deduction. I say staggering because it did stagger at first when the news come through. We're not going to cover it on this pod because me and Sid are going to do we are going to do a whole podcast on it tomorrow so we normally do a podcast on Patreon on Thursdays called Money and Football where we look at a, a related topic that involves money and football um, and we're going to bring that forward publicly this week and do it tomorrow because it is such a huge story so we're not ignoring Evans point deduction we're going to do a whole podcast on it tomorrow what are we doing today Clayton? So today I have prepped 20 well a few more stats for you uh, and it's for an individual player from every club. And we've done this, was it about a month ago? It was the last international break. Last international break, break yeah. So last international break, we did an episode where I had a stat for James from every club, and he had to guess who the club was. 
Today we've gone a further level down and it's a player from each club. And like I said, it should be 20, but for some of them I've given you a couple. A couple of stats from okay. each club. Is this all FPL relevant? No. No, that, I, I mean, that's I, that's fair because it's probably difficult to get relevance for all 20 there, teams. There are the some moment. FPL relevant ones, um, but I found it more fun looking at wider stuff for conversation. So I think it's more like, I think people quite enjoyed the podcast we did during the last international breaks. It created discussion points um, and I, I'm guessing that's the aim of this one as yeah, well. exactly. All right. You, it shows yours, mate. Off you go. Right. So, not going in any order. Just going to throw a random stat out there and let's see if you get it. I doubt it. I think, I think you will. All right. Let's go for a nice, easy one. Who has had, which player, the most non-penalty XG and XG? Uh, Erling, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, but it's got to be. When I was doing it, I didn't think he'd... Be top for non He's had some monster ones in away games, hasn't he? West Ham and actually the recent two against Manchester United and, ex- and Chelsea have been big for him. Yeah. Um, partly because he's had penalties in those two away games. So, uh, yeah, I would have been surprised if it wasn't Haaland. Who do you think was second and third? Uh, I, Mo, I would have thought is one. Yeah. And it might be in Bumo. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, well, I, I don't know who was third, so I don't know why I asked that, but, <laughs> but Salah was second. Then I, I thought he was top, so that's why that surprised me when I was actually checking. We would expect Holland to be top of that, wouldn't we? Really? I don't know. Again, I, d- I think I've just not been paying too much attention to I statistics mean, this year. Look, from a fancy perspective as well, at the value he is, at the, at the, the fact that he's getting a point less per goal than Salah, for example, and obviously doesn't get the clean sheet bonus either, he needs to be knocking up those kind of underlying metrics to, to make you yeah. want to go there basically now I, I think if we reflect probably going back sort of four or five weeks or so yeah, I think he probably was behind Mo yeah. and that's when people were really beginning to say look what are we paying 14 million for at the moment Yeah, he obviously didn't play for Norway last night against Scotland pulled out with an ankle injury he is flagged at the moment currently in FPL Um Romano Fabrizio, uh, tapping merchant, <laughs> as he's well known these days, rather than reporter of exclusive journalists, he's tapping merchant. Um, did say, however, he came out and said he'll be fine for Man City against Liverpool. Okay. So, no concerns. And I'll be captain this week, um, unless obviously it's the 12 30 kickoff. So, unless there's obviously news, you know, all sugar, he's not in the team, then yeah, there's a rethink. Yeah. And, we might look at some rethink options during the course of this podcast, but my intention be captain him this week um, as a non-Salah owner. It's definitely captain for me in game week 14 against my team with no Romero, no Van der Ven. 15 is debatable when he goes to Villa, yeah. 16 against Luton and 17 against Palace. He gets the armband, 19 and 20, he gets the armband. I'll be wildcard in 19 anyway. So he's justifiable for me. 15 is probably the only one that's, that's questionable. I know there's a lot of debate about captaincy this week. Um, and I, I've said this on my stream on Friday. I think as long as they're fit, I think Holland and Salah are the two best choices this week. Yeah. In my opinion. Despite <laughs> even the fact, ahead of Son? Yeah, even despite the fact they're playing each other. Um, wouldn't go Son ahead of... It's interesting. I think there's, there's like a camp of people at the moment who are considering selling Son. There's another camp considering captain him. I'm in the latter, yeah. And Jared Bowen is... I said, oh, we might have a discussion about it. We just get into it now. Um... Jared Bowen at Burnley, but obviously he's pulled out of the England team playing in North Macedonia tonight, but it could be a minor. We don't know the circumstance. It might be he's not expected to play and he's gone 
can I go home and spend some time with my family because he's got a newborn recently? It could be anything, right? Yeah. Who knows? Maybe it's legit injury. We'll find out. I think he's probably under consideration for a few people. Um, probably not Arsenal assets at Brentford. Probably not Newcastle Chelsea assets against each other. I think Ollie Watkins is reasonable, actually. Really? <laughs> Playing against, well, against yeah. that Tottenham defence, yeah. Yeah, fair. Yeah, that's not um, bad. Actually, thinking about so, but the more you kind of go around in loops looking for alternatives, is anything actually good enough to go against the Holland or I Salah? Like when some. Salah's got um, uh, a really good record historically against City, um, Holland hasn't scored against Liverpool yet. But he's only played them once. That's City record anyway. I don't know if he might have played against them for for Dortmund, um, but I think he, he hadn't scored against Chelsea till. The last game with Kiva, so yeah. that City home game is one I never really want to argue against. On Sun, like I get it because it's the the obvious Villa high line, Sun's timing of his runs yeah. slash pace. Yeah, there could be some gold in there. Um, but you, if Lacelso didn't play, you'd all regret it. <laughs> would be my take. As simple as that. Yeah. Do you think Lacelso? Yeah, play? distance between forwards and midfield would be too too big. I mean, I mean, I say you'd regret it. I think Andrew would regret it as well. Yeah. Um, and that's not to say, oh, Lacelso is going to open up or dominate the game or at least just a similar profile of player to Madison. He's obviously nowhere near the level. We, we like, we know that, but at least it'll be someone's got near him. Yeah. Um, I'd be really concerned about that personally. If he went to captain Sonny, could he go off? Yeah, sure. I also think Ollie Watkins just as capable. Yeah. To be honest. Okay. Interesting. Uh, Little segue because you kind of touched on it, but which player is in the top three for chances created? Created, yep. Well, Maddox so is probably in there, isn't yeah. he? Yeah, so he uh, he's top three, and I think obviously that's a nice little talking point, considering what you said about the gap between the midfield and the attack, and how much do you think you're going to miss him? Oh, massively, of course. Like you can't you can't replicate. They can only be different. Um, I kind of referenced last week saying about oh, you know, Tottenham didn't replace Harry Kane. No, you can't. No. Right? You, you're not going to find that player. It doesn't exist. Um, you just restructure. Certainly, away from a transfer window, Tottenham aren't going to find a James Madison replica. So you need to try and do something a, a little bit different. And I, I think probably that the break would have come at a good time for Tottenham in the sense that just breathe and reflect on things a, a little bit. It won't have helped the Celso's obviously been with Argentina, yeah. whereas you'd have probably hoped he'd spend the, the whole two weeks with Ange. And I wouldn't be surprised if he comes back injured. <laughs> That's, that would probably be the rubber luck at the moment. But actually, he notoriously does seem to come back from international breaks with the odd niggle. So, no, you can't can't replicate that. And again, I guess I think for fantasy, it relates back to, to Sun. And it was just interesting after the Wolves game, narrative seemed to already be burning about. I said this to you, people going, Sun can't score without Madison. Yeah, and it's like right? it's been one game. Well, it's one game, right, exactly. And yet here we are, we kind of people going, I feel I want a captain, Sun. Yeah. Make, your, make your mind out which camp do you sit in. The reality probably sits somewhere in the middle, right? Yeah. If Sonny can get the chances, he'll score. If you look at some of his recent goals, the goal against Palace, um, which comes from a cutback, the goal against Chelsea that was disallowed is across from Johnson, across the box. He's ever so narrowly offside. The Fulham goal comes from the centre-back being aggressive and winning the ball. Yep. Um, so not necessarily directly just from Madison. Like He can get chances from other and areas. And with him, yeah. he saw about, can he get the chances? Because you know he can finish. That that bit's not really in doubt. Um, and I think he'll, he'll obviously feel the sense of... Um, ownership over this period for Tottenham that he's got to 
provide. In the yeah, past, it might have been, up, oh, yeah. I've got to provide for Harry Kane. It's like, oh, I've got to provide for this whole team now in terms of the, the output. So, like, he certainly remains, obviously, Tottenham talisman over this period. In terms of Madison's miss, yeah, it's huge. I think that the big thing um, that will be noticeable, even if Lo plays, is Madison's work of movement to find a space right. is exceptional. That's almost as good as his ability to, his, in terms of his actual range of his, his passing, etc. Yeah. His ability to move off the shoulder of someone and drop into that left half space and find his yards by just movement. Notice that a lot in the He's North London derby as well. When I thought we pressed you well, but then it was him that was finding really yeah. clever pockets of space. Works where people didn't know where to track left him. Left half so, space, yeah. brilliant. And obviously if you play against a team that's only got a, like a single pivot... If you go and man mark him, he'll just take you right all the way yeah, up. Yeah, he'll drag and someone else. Let someone else uh, take the space, century, etc. So yeah, huge miss. Yeah. Huge, huge miss. I don't think he's the biggest one at the moment, though. You think it's Van der Ven? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really do because that impacts the way the whole the whole team plays in terms of the recovery pace, etc. His recovery pace is so phenomenal that you can get away with a lot of stuff. He's yeah. a little bit like Carl Walker on his lapses of concentration. Yeah, that's- so, Although I don't feel like Van der Ven has lapses in concentration. He, he, uh, well, not that no, I but the team can take more of a chance. Yeah, And Carl Walker knows in himself through his own body he can take a chance yeah. because his recovery is extraordinary still. Um, so you're not going to get away with it now in the same way. So that's that's the bigger problem. Yeah, The bigger problem is the loss of Van der Ven. Yes, creativity is obviously not going to be the same for, for Tottenham. I do think, as I said last week, Lo Celso probably will play against Villa. I would be really surprised if it's like Hoiberg, Saar. Obviously, Basuma suspended against Villa. Yeah. Um, what do you think it will be right now, then? I think it's got to be Hoiberg, Saar and Lo Celso. I don't think yeah. Benson Corr's <laughs> quite ready to be starting yet. And also not under the pressure of... If he was going to go into the team now, I'd want him to play that six role yeah. till he got himself up to speed. You can tell he's a couple of yards short, which is understandable. So... The only two really, I think, can fill the void for Madison, which you can't fill, but kind of try and replicate the role in terms of at least the, the structure, is Lo Celso or Jamie Dunley, who's sure. a young boy who's been doing really well um, for the under-21s, but it is obviously a massive step up. Yeah, Fair play. Right, we're going random for the next one. So, don't look at my phone. Right, my as if I can read that. <laughs> right, so there are two players in the Premier League that have had 12 blanks when starting. Just two. So they've started... Say that again. So there's been two players yeah. that they've started 12 games yeah. and they've had no FPL returns. So 12 blanks. <laughs> no returns. Not so a single it, return. Is this like defenders and clean sheets or is... No comment. Uh, uh, yeah, it has to be. Uh, so, But it's even like a, 12 an, games, offensive, no returns. an offensive player with no return either. So there's two players. I'm trying to... They can't... <coughs> I, I, I was drawn to Brighton... Because they haven't kept a clean sheet. Uh, so I'll tell you, I'll, I'll, I'll help you with, out when you name clubs. They're not from Brighton. Then they're two different clubs. There can't be a Brighton player that's played all 12 games. <laughs> yeah, true. Um, by the way, Andy Naylor, who's the athletic correspondent for Brighton, has said this morning he thinks Matoma won't be available this um, week against okay. Nottingham Forest. Uh, so that's possible transfer out loading yeah, for me during the course of this week. Um, no, it can't be Brighton. Does anyone else hasn't kept a clean sheet? Sheffield United? Uh, it's not Sheffield United, but you're close. <laughs> like what, like Sheffield Wednesday? <laughs> Obviously not. Like how how no. close is close? Close in the Luton? Premier League table. So Burnley, yeah, Everton. One's Luton. And then I'll give you the other one. The other one's Nakamba has got to be one. That's yeah. it. One's Nakamba. Nakamba, yeah. Is it another Luton player? No, the other one's Villa. Villa? Yeah. 
12 games, not a single return. Kamara? Yeah. Bubakar How'd Kamara. you do that? Well, it's just a natural one that would play the, the, that same position as the Canberra, isn't yeah. it? So, yeah, they're the only two players, outfield players, that have uh, started all 12 games, not a single return. <laughs> Is that right? And obviously, Nakamba was a... Well, I think Kamara as well, in the conversation around 4.5 the, fodder. They're both very important players for those two teams. Um, Nakamba, we knew, uh, we cover him quite a lot on our Sky Fantasy pods. Um, important player for Luton. Kamara's conducting a real important role for Villa at the moment, which is allowing them to use both fullbacks to to go forward. Um, he's dropping into kind of a right-back position that allows Cash to push on. McGinn goes from the right midfield position into central. They played Yuri Tielemans, seems like. I didn't see a lot of the game. Played on the left-hand side in the last game against Fulham okay. and played really well. Looked like it was kind of his first real emergence performance for for Villa so yeah Kamara's a real important player he, he plays a different a lot of them at Villa play a different position with the ball and, and without the ball he's a good ball winner as well yep. um, yeah he's not someone you'd expect to contribute from attacking returns Kamara doesn't sit in anybody's FPL teams I'm, I'm sure Nakamba probably he's probably knocking about in a sit few in a, yeah. in a few because he was 4.5 at the start of the season so he's never someone you'd start nah. we even when Dan Ashby came on with with Jack before their double, even Dan was going in with a double. Like, don't play him. Yeah, like, he's probably two points. Yeah, it's literally, yeah, in a double, four points is fine. No, two yellow cards. Yeah. He was thinking <laughs> to be honest. So I think he might. I think he's close to a suspension as well, Nakamba. Which, whenever that game falls, um, will be a positive for whoever they play. So, for example, they go to Brentford in game week fourteen. So if Nakamba's not available, it would only improve. Prospects for the likes of Mbumo, Vissa, or Good Morning, Tom Med, Neil Morpay would probably play in that fixture if you like that sort of shit. Nice one. Well, I'm impressed you got them. Okay, next one. So, Everton have the most tackles as a club in the Premier League this season. Which player has won the most tackles for them? 32 tackles won. Um, I, I, the natural answer should be Idris Agana Gay, but I'm feeling it's not. It's not. James Garner? Nope, but uh, close. Amadou Anana? Nope. Mate, <laughs> How many yeah, other this, players can this, rhyme? This will blow. <laughs> <laughs> this blew my mind. Uh, you get two more guesses. I feel like you'll get it in two more. Yeah, you have to. It's half the team. <laughs> it's not McNeil, surely. Nope. He does work hard. Tackles one. Yep. 32 tackles one. Michelenko, yeah, is it really? I know. I was like, "What?" I have to say, when we when we covered um, the podcast last week, and we obviously discussed Palace Seven, it was pretty harsh of us not to mention Michelenko, who scored and assisted <laughs> against Palace, and we just we just didn't even acknowledge it and admit it. Considering as well, he'd scored against Brighton the week before as well. Um, I'd say it's probably not one to be chasing from an FPL perspective. Personally, like if you did want to invest in. Everton defensively, I think you'd still just go for Jared Brantway at cheaper. But I think Mikalenko has probably now um, established himself for Sean Dyche. Yeah. Um, the volley he had at Palace was very reminiscent of a volley goal he scored at Leicester a couple of years ago. So he's got a bit of a technique in his locker. His crossing is not terrible. And obviously he's got into the box really early on for the headed goal. So that's decent. Most tackles won as yeah, well. I mean, it, 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 it won't help. It won't 
not help from bonus point perspective and stuff. Yeah. I suppose if they have clean sheets, that's one for the above average boys because I know they, they covered a BPS section on, on their stream last night. I, don't, I haven't seen it, so I don't know if he was mentioned or not. I doubt it. I'm going to say no. Probably wasn't. Well, that's the next question. Who's had the most point, bonus points this season then? It's trips, isn't it? Yeah, okay. So you did watch the stream. No, I didn't. No, it's just one of them, I know. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, he's got 15 bonus points this season. So when people were talking about paying the extra, I know it's only bonus points, but that is what you get with him, right? And more routes to points yeah, as well. I, I still feel like it, it's it's the same as I mentioned a couple of weeks ago with trips at the moment, that it's like people who own are like, oh, this is maybe a way I can find money. They've got lots of injuries. Should I come off? And there's others who don't own it. Like, how am I going to get there? Because Newcastle's run's really good. So it's a narrative you can spin either way. I'm a non-owner at the moment. You? Uh, yeah, I'm a non-owner. Are you looking well. to get there? or? <sighs> yeah, I just don't really know how. I think... But, um, no. I think I, ideally I'd like him. But because I'm tripled up on Son, Holland, and Salah, for me, that was the sacrifice I had to make. Yeah, it's more one for me, wild card in 19. I'm looking at sort of 17, 18, Fulham at home and 18, they go to Luton, don't they? And looking then and going, if I've got the spare, you know, something like Saliba to Trippier okay. for those last couple, maybe, might be something that I'd consider possibly. So, um, you know what it is with him, if they keep a clean sheet, there's every chance because of his chance creativity and stuff. he be in the bonus, yeah. Exactly that. If he gets an attacking return, you know, like, you know, it's not a three points for a trips assist, right? No. It's normally worth like four or five if he's getting an assist. So you always have to remember that with him. Um, yeah, still a good asset. I think rightly one of the most expensive defenders in the game, if anyone's on. I think my take at the moment is probably like if you're on keep, especially this week where the, the fixtures for defensive players aren't good. And you've got a good asset who can return offensively, keep. Um, and similarly, if you're not on at the moment, it's not a panic to go there. I'd, I'd give yourself some breathing room to see what's happening with not just like Botman. We think he's possibly close. There's been mixed messages over this break. So there was a report that said, basically, if he has a setback again, he'll need an operation which was sensationalised to say Botman needs an operation, right, okay. which wasn't the case. Yeah. We think he's possibly close to returning. But Fabian Scher didn't play for Switzerland either. Okay. Um, he picked Injured up a hamstring problem towards the end of the, the Bournemouth game um, and missed the Switzerland game. And we're not quite sure on the status of him at the moment either. So it might still be m- minutes for big taste, even if... If Botman's back, but it mightn't be that. If Botman and Shares back together for that sort of seventeen eighteen period, if I've downgraded and you no know, hypothetically Saka to Palmer, yeah. then I might even be looking at sort of Lascelles to to Trippier if for the for the game week eighteen. Share is injured and obviously Botman's out. Like that's there, very concerning. Yeah, we think Almiron and Isak will be fit. By the way, okay, and Isak I think will draw attention quite quickly now. Um. There's a couple of reasons for that. I think Alvarez, not, I, I don't want to say underperforming, that's completely incorrect. I've got Alvarez, and for those who've still got, it's calming, let's say. But he's producing fine at his yeah. value. Ollie Watkins is coming in some tougher games. So I still think like Tottenham away this week's fine, but then you might look at, ironically, Bournemouth away might be tougher for Watkins than Tottenham away. Then it's uh, City at home, Arsenal at home, Brentford away. 
then they have the really good fixture against Sheffield United in the blanking game week 18 and yeah. arguably say captain the ball Ollie Watkins in, in that game week. But I think there will be a consciousness of people looking at who've got Watkins might start after this week thinking to Nunes after Liverpool have gone off for City but also Isak because we think Wilson's going to be out for around about six weeks. Oh damn, okay. So that will take Isak up to 18. The problem with that is obviously is he going to be able to play twice a week? And it's not just the Champions League. They've got that Carabao Cup quarterfinal as well, yeah. which is the Tuesday before they go to Luton in 18. So, But I'd imagine if he can stay fit, Alexander Isak will play through the middle and do really well over this coming period. He's, he's kind of coming into my thoughts now. Because okay, nice. I've, I've always said, haven't I, like, if one of them gets injured, look you at the other one. The other one yeah. And it just worked out that Wilson couldn't really work for me with the last few, and I didn't think the fixtures were particularly great. And now... It's flipped where Wilson's out for six weeks and Isak's got a, a clear run at it, but he's obviously doubtful himself for this Saturday. I wouldn't buy this week. What would help, I think, as well for Isak, if they lose in Paris and the other result goes their way, then it might look highly likely that they'll finish bottom of the group. Yeah. Now, if that's the case, they might take a, a view to go, right, Isak's playing the league games sod the last Champions League game, sod the Carabao Cup quarterfinal, yeah. that would maybe help. And now we've sat down to something more interesting. But even, like they go to Everton in 15, which is the Thursday yep. night, then they come to Tottenham in 16. Now you'd think he's definitely going to want Isak to play at Tottenham. And then do you Does know... Does he play in the more attractive fixture at Everton in 15? Well, uh, so, like you say, Everton Tottenham... Mind, like Romero will be back for Tottenham by then. So it'll yeah, be a little better. True. But then, do you know the three that are after that? Newcastle yeah. yes it's Fulham Luton and Forest yeah, like that so, is a ridiculous one so if, we, if we're looking at six weeks for Wilson and we probably have to backdate that a week we're probably talking about New Year's roughly yeah um, so for those who've used the wild card as well yeah Isak even going into Boxing Day is probably really good that said I also know what their fixtures afterwards are well and then it wow, gets tough exactly it's Liverpool City Villa yeah. away then yeah <laughs> so yeah, tough one. But yeah, good to know Isak's on the radar because he's someone that I'd be looking at as well. He's, he's one. I mean, it goes for both of them, Isak and Wilson. I don't know the exact numbers. Um, but I'm sure if you were looking at XGs per 90 and stuff, both of them are right near the top Yeah, in terms of per minute. So They always are, yeah. yeah. Statistically, when you filter, I always see so them near Alexander the top. Alexander Isak really needs... I don't think it's a buy this week, but it's really, really keep a strong eye on, I think. Sure. Cool. Right, we're going to go and take a little break because... Why don't you tell everyone why? Um... I may or may not be trying to get tickets for Arsenal v PSV in Eindhoven. So they go on sale at 10 o'clock and I have to go jump on and get them. So we'll be back with part two. Is this is this a Planet FPL first? Have no, you guys ever done no, this? No, literally there's going to be like two seconds of silence and then I'm going to say... Um, did you get your ticket? I did. PSV away, here we go. PSV away. Yeah, secured the bag, secured the ticket. nothing game of football because yep. you'll already be qualified, probably after group one. Yeah, but, but you'd already booked your flights and shit. So I, I booked it. my flights and accommodation about a month ago. So. Good. Enjoy Eindhoven. Thank you very much. Staying in Amsterdam. So that should be fun. Ah, Amsterdam. That reminds oh, me. Why did it's I? one time. <laughs> Anywho, we had just finished talking about Newcastle. And the next one is related to my team who I've just secured the tickets for. Who has had the most successful final third passes in the league this season? <laughs> I'm guessing it's an Arsenal player. Yeah. <laughs> okay. um, successful final third. Yep. 
I'm going to throw out a, a controversial Declan Rice. Interesting. Uh, no, it's not. Saka. What, what's your, what was, it is Saka, but what was your thinking behind Rice? Uh, do, you know, because I know Clayton likes a bit of field tilt. Um, <laughs> I do love a field tilt. Declan gets through a lot uh, of completed stuff um, in terms of recycling side to side and stuff like that. That was also yeah. Saka has more ball involvement than most wide players, so it doesn't surprise me. Yeah. So yeah, Bakayo Saka with the most successful final third in your FPL team. Saka. Uh, no, I've only got Gabriel at the minute. You keep, do you, do you you keep saying, and you you did a our differential show with Surge while I was sucking on hot lemons, feeling like shit on Friday. <laughs> Um, where that was going for a by second. By the way, yeah. sucking on hot lemons actually is completely because you wouldn't suck on a hot lemon. Has anyone ever sucked on a hot lemon? Nah, but no, but probably try it not. I was drinking on hot lemons on Friday. But you said again on that podcast, you're not really interested in Arsenal offensive players. I'm not, no. I, um, I said this, I, I think it was the last main pod we did last international break. And obviously, people were looking at Sheffield United coming out, Burnley, and I swerved it. Um, Martinelli would have been the one that. I would have gone to had my structure worked, but I just, yeah, I, I really like our defence. I, I want to double up on our defence, if anything, uh, and potentially have one of Saka or the, Martin. The, the problem with doubling up on a defence, and you know, you look at the next three, that's fine, but then when once you start looking at Villa, Brighton, Liverpool, three in a row, that double defence isn't going to look, you yeah. know, Villa and Liverpool's away as I well. I should have caveated, that wasn't with the intentional going in now. It's more like, if I'm thinking long term for the season, what do I want? Double Get Arsenal that. attack or double defence? It's double defence for me. Just not there with the attack. And even, yeah, we just have to find different ways to break teams down and it's not quite free-flowing like it was last season. So if you were wild card in now and you wanted to go free Arsenal, what would you go? Like Saliba, Gabriel, Saka? Yeah, that's what I would do. Or Martinelli, like, Either or, so I got Martinelli before game week twelve. Punted it for the four fixtures. Yeah, not happy with it. Yeah, I can understand. Why. And he's going to stick with if Matoma's going to be out for the weekend. I think I'd been looking at that to Mbumo. One of them two to Mbumo probably anyway. Not necessarily for this coming week because obviously you play them. Um, but having that ready for what I spoke about, like that Brentford Luton fixture in fourteen, then they've got a good run before their own blank. And Mbumo's underlying data is very strong. Yeah. Um, so Martinelli is probably going to stick for me up to that Villa fixture, but I'm not thrilled about it. I must say, and I keep thinking about you playing Wolves the Saturday and then Luton the Tuesday in mm. 14 and 15. I'm thinking, well, thinking rotation. Trossard's going to start one of them. Jesus is back fit. We know he played for Brazil yep. and catches obviously presumably available as well. I'm, I'm going to guess. Actually, no. Uh, I, I don't know what the latest. It was a minor issue that yeah. kept him out of. But I've not seen any official comms on it yet, to, so I'd be lying if I said I have. But, but then you're nearly back to your full complement of yeah. offensive players, which obviously includes Kai Havertz at left back, <laughs> which we'll be covering for advanced two patrons on talking tactics this Looking week. Looking forward to that one. But yeah, that's a yeah on on the Martinelli thing. I it's not the sort of player that you kind of bomb out of your team but this is what I've been consistent on I just don't think Arsenal attack is good value this season and we're enough game weeks in now to see statistically it adds up as well we, as a team they're not creating the amount of chances that I want to see from an FPL lens talking of lens <laughs> nice <laughs> so you play Brentford Saturday yep. lens game is what is it Tuesday Wednesday. or Wednesday it's Wednesday, Next Wednesday so yeah. you are going to play lens Wednesday Wolves Saturday Luton Tuesday yeah there will be rotation. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just not sure when or where it will come in. 
but Sack will play all of it, won't yeah, it? Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> and then he'll go off and then it'll be, it'll be yellow flagged for <laughs> yeah, all of it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and then Arteta will lie in his presser and everyone will have a meltdown. And yeah, we'll Sacco, I, I feel I've looked at options. I, I keep looking and I, I, as a non salar owner, I keep obviously looking regularly at, you know, different alternative ways of maybe getting him in. And you do think, well, maybe Saka could be a sacrifice at some point. But he does almost feel like more than anyone, I think. And Suj uses the term all the time, and I really hate it. You know, set and forget. Yeah. But Saka does feel like just just crack on with it and just let him be and just go with him. A a term you might better like, which a late riser uses a lot, is glue guys rather than set and forget. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, Yeah, because I prefer that to set and forget as well. No offense, Suj. But um, yeah, he's the glue guy, right? You just kind of stick him in, you know, take a long. Then you can focus your transfers elsewhere. There's a joke there about Sujan Glue, but I think we should move on to yeah, the next one. Yeah, let's player. move on. Okay. Anyway, next one. Which midfielder yeah. <clears throat> that isn't Mohamed Salah has made it into the FPL dream team most times this season? You know the team of the week? Yeah, nobody no, no, is. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Clayton. <laughs> like, give me one second Insight. to think about the answer. Um, I'm going to throw out a random here. Um, Douglas Louise. Oh no! But that is clever thinking. Mbumo. Yeah, it's Mbumo. Yeah, yeah, three times. Okay. Uh, Yeah, Yeah, I know. There's been a few of them. I suppose. I mean, one every four. That's pretty good, actually. To be in the team of the week. So yeah, when I was having a look at this, uh, there's uh, there's another question later on a defender as well. But there's not many people that have been in more than three times to them. So no. is he in your team at the moment? He is. He's. I think I've had him all season. I genuinely. I don't think I've. Not yeah, been I, I feel like he's one. I'm happy to put my hands up and say I've, I've, I don't want to say make a mistake, but I've not owned him this season at all. And no. Wow. Um, and I spoke a few weeks ago, maybe a bit longer, maybe even during the last break, saying I was, I was quite comfortable with that decision. Actually, that performance he put in in the West Ham game really spooked a bit. Yeah, it was like I knew I'd got away with that. Like he got five points out of it, and he should have had a one in front of that five as a minimum. Like he really should have hauled in that fixture, um, and he passes I and stats. <laughs> yeah. So when you've got a player who passes the statistic metrics, and you really like what you see from him as well, you look at his value and you go, "Yep, perfectly reasonable for a talisman for a team that's going to finish mid-table." He's on pens. Like there's a lot to there's more to like than than kind of asking you know, why am I not going there? And I think for me there was there was concerns at the start of the season that I knew that they wanted to buy another attacker. Yeah. We knew they wanted to get Bakayoko from PSV. Um, that caused some concern for me, not for his place in the team, but just where does he sit in this moving forward? Then they didn't, and then that also convinced me to think, well, they haven't replaced the, the loss of Tony. So when they play with someone through the middle, like Morpe, is that going to be their solution? Like, no, I don't like this. But what I've seen, yeah, has now convinced me that I'll probably need a part of it. And as I kind of already alluded to, if Matoma's going to be out this weekend, there's a case, even though they're playing Arsenal, that's yeah. the player I want. I had penciled in in my mind previously, Madison to Mbumo in game week 14, prior to Madison's injury. So am I going to get a second problem in midfield and still ignore him? And if I ignore him this time, then I probably really am ignoring him going forward because I want to start rolling transfers and stuff. I know he's going to get a lot of attention, I think, after this weekend before the Lewin game. Yeah, but like you say, if it's someone that you're going to have for that stretch, might as well just I mean, we talk about differential captains 
this week and there maybe being a bit of a split in terms of what people do. If Mbuma was playing Luton this week, you think he'd, he'd be, be in the captain's right, He'd be right in the conversation. Yeah, I think, I so. think next week with uh, Salah's got Fulham. Mm, yep, Os- Saka's got Wolves. Um, Holland at home to Tottenham is probably less reason to be moving away from that sort of thing. But if if Mbuma had Luton this week, I think that that'd be quite popular yeah. amongst the community. Actually, what do you think about obviously they they blank an eighteen right? So because yep. I I said to Sir John. Friday's differential show. I'm still not really planning for the blank yet. I'm just, I'll probably get to that around game week 15 and start making moves. So for people that are thinking. Don't, so you'll start thinking about it like the day before. Uh, <laughs> well, he, he sounds like he's which thinking is, of which it already. Considering game week 18 has a Thursday deadline, it's, it's <laughs> yeah, very he's, dangerous. He's screwed. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, for people thinking of going there, would you be concerned about the blank or just deal with it nearer the time? Depends what you've got, right? So. I mean, I can't imagine there's too many out there would have too many outfield options. I don't think many are going to have free City at the moment. No. So your most is probably Haaland plus Alvarez or Haaland plus Foden, that that sort of combination. There won't be many have got your Diaz's and stuff like that. Brentford, I don't think there'll be any visceral ownership's probably gone. Yep. More pays one, if people have got, they'd be using as kind of a 15th player almost. There might be a few that have got, say, Ethan Pinnock as an example. But the chances are people who might have had, say, Rico Henry probably sold and went to a different team rather than Brentford. Remember at the time as well, they, they weren't in the best run. Yeah. So I don't think too many will have that many. So if you take me as got Holland Alvarez, if I was the Adam Bumo, that's three outfield players. Yeah. You can and that near the yeah, time. but it depends on your setup. So if you've got Holland Alvarez and Mbumo and your bench is Kabori, Nakambar, Morpé, just an example. Archer's the better example, right? Then you, you're carrying six players that are probably no use to you in game yeah. week 18. Whereas for me, my biggest problems would be like, oh shit, I don't want to play Saliba or Shimikas in the Liverpool-Arsenal game. But then if I get to 18 and I've got two free transfers or I'm even happy to take a minus four, which it probably would be, then I don't, I don't think it's too much of an issue. Particularly yeah. as well knowing that I'm going to wild card straight afterwards of there course, is a yeah. debate in terms of whether you should take a minus four for a, a one game week but if I was generally there and had a crap bench like that and I had more pay um, not more pay and Bumo Holland and Alvarez and I was taking a minus four for like I don't know hypothetically Salah Watkins Isak then is a different story <laughs> yeah. then I'm thinking yeah I'm going to take the minus four yeah. as an example so I don't think it's a huge problem cool Nice one. Right, next one. That's, that said, the, yep. the other flip of that is obviously I'm, I'm thinking that with my head on in terms of I've got the wild You've card. Your strategy line those who haven't head. maybe would want those three players in 18. True. Uh, 19, sorry. Especially if obviously the City-Brentford double happens, which... When have you forecast? We are, we are getting to the point where we're beginning to ask a question. I, I think if we're sitting here in 10 days and we're about to start game week 14 and there's no announcement... We have to start asking the questions if it is going to happen or not. Okay. Be, and I, I don't get what the reason to, to wait is anyway. This is where my memory is failing me. When, when did you forecast it to be initially? January the 3rd. Okay. Um, which would fall into game week 20. 20. 20 yeah, game yeah. 20, sorry. And it could go to midweek after, like this uh, January the 10th, and it would still be game week 20. Um but in terms of travel and stuff, I don't know, you know, thinking of Brentford fans and that, and even the time of year, I don't know what the reason to wait is. I think 
there might be a case to say City won't want the fixture. Mm. Club World Cup, the games, they might go, would rather have it later. But I think that happened with Chelsea a few years ago. And remember Chelsea had that dirty backlog where they ended yeah. up like, playing game week <laughs> 36. And it, by the time it worked out, it was kind of irrelevant. Played about Man United in like game week 36, didn't they? And then another double in 37. And it was really tight. It looked like at one point it was going to have to be like a treble game week. I think it was United maybe coming out of the Europa League. That kind of it. enabled it yeah. really late on. Otherwise, it was probably going to have to be a treble game week. Um, and City wouldn't get themselves in that position. But they will end up having to play the Brentford game during one of their last 16 free midweeks of the Champions League, for example. So what I would say is, just as a caveat, if obviously it doesn't happen in game week 20, bar the fact City go to Newcastle, I don't know if you want to pull up Man City's fixtures, bar the fact City go to Newcastle in game week 21, their fixture run is really good until an awful four-game stretch in March, basically. Just want to run through City's fixtures from yeah. sort of 22 onwards. Yeah, so after Newcastle away in 21, it's Burnley at home, Brentford away, Everton at home, Chelsea at home, Bournemouth away, Man United at home, and then it's Liverpool away, Brighton away, Arsenal at home. So that from Liverpool, uh, game week 28, 29, 30 is where it's Liverpool, Brighton, Arsenal. Yeah. And then we've kind of identified off that maybe wildcard 31 to come back into City for the run-in as well, the second wildcard. Um, so... If it doesn't happen in 20, it's still likely to happen somewhere over that period. Yeah. Um, the other notable on that, uh, and therefore it, it's still likely to be a very good double and you're in the middle of a, a good Manchester City run of fixtures where you'll probably want some of their assets. The interesting on that as well, though, is one of the, the games you mentioned there is Brentford. Game with 23, I think. Uh, yep, game with 23, Brentford. And the, <laughs> the likely for the rearranged game is probably 24 or 25. Okay. So it doesn't really make sense to be holding on because then you might have that shit like United Leeds where they end up playing each other twice in 10 days or something which is crap yeah um, and I know game week 23 is obviously repeated from game week 18 okay so the 18, the 18 fixtures are reversed in 23 I'm pretty sure that's for all the teams might not be all of them so there's there's teams obviously playing each other twice in say a month but there's a lot of fixtures in between that oh, yeah month, you're right Just had a look. rather than looking at say a 10 day gap there for example so 20 is still likely but I think you know with each passing day it's becoming less likely I'd still be sort of 90 percent ish that it'll probably happen but yeah. I don't think we could be sort of 99 ish anymore anything like that so I think yeah if if we're sitting here next Friday before game at 14 there's still no announcement and then we're within the, the five week period of announcement then we've got to start thinking maybe this isn't happening yeah okay cool nicely summarized next one which player and I'm very intrigued by your answer on this which players had the most offsides this season? <laughs> most offsides. You know, it was a bizarre one. That Chelsea City game last week was there wasn't an offside to about five minutes to go in the game. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, I missed that game. Uh, despite the fact, obviously, two teams were intent on trying to win a football match, <laughs> uh, which helped the spectacle. Most offsides. Um, oh, it's going to be someone. I was going to say, it's normally someone. I. I I was going to say, I don't mean this disparagingly, but it, it, it normally comes off as it. Someone who's lazy. <laughs> Someone who just doesn't work hard enough mean. to get yeah. into position. Um, I'd seen those sort of players at Tottenham over the years. I thought we'd have the most offsides. What's the bloody relevance of this, Clayton? Is there, is there a relevance to this? Uh, not really. No, it was just something that okay. I had a very clear 
answer in mind when I thought of it as a stat. Uh, uh, and is it, is it that person? No. Uh, who was the person you had no, in mind? No, I'll let you guess first. Most offsides. Okay. It, I take it as someone who regularly starts up front. Yeah. Right, through the middle. Yeah. It's got to be. It can be a relevant conversation. It's not sunny, is it? No, it's not sunny. Who's the? I was per- going to say someone like Calvin Loon, but he ain't played enough. Who's the person you? Calvin Loon's not lazy either. No, not at all. Who's Antonio? The person- is it Antonio? No, no, it's not Antonio. Begins with an A, though. <laughs> Some other arsehole, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> Begins with an A. It's not all I can think of is Ariola. That's not really helpful at this moment. Go and help me. Taiwo Awanee. Taiwo Awanee. So who was Which the player inter- you thought I was thinking of? Do you know what? Chris Wood in my head as Really? Well. Yeah, no, I, I thought it was Nicholas Jackson. Oh, Nicholas Jackson would have been a good shot. That's yeah. there. And I was the reason I stuck him in was I thought, well, the reason I stuck that he's stat too, in was... He's too busy getting getting booked. Oh, you and, just ruined the next people one. people to, uh, to shush. <laughs> yeah. I still love that. I don't know. If, I think it was a patron pod. I mentioned it on last week. When he was trying to push Sterling to the Man City fans to like give him some stick after he scored. <laughs> and he's like, leave me yeah, alone. Yeah, just chill. <laughs> but yeah, Taiwo Awanee with the most offsides in the league this season. What do you make of him as a, well, let's go FPL asset. Uh, he's been spoken about. It's, there's two names in terms of forwards getting a bit of attention. It's a good one to bring up, actually. Yi and Dominic Solanke are the two are getting a, a little bit of attention. They've got a attention. decent run. Yeah, and I think it's... Um, they play each other in 18 as well, Forrest yeah. and Bournemouth. And I think there's that. Um, Forrest have a good fixture beforehand and Bournemouth's run of fixtures kind of from now to 18 is, is not bad for a talisman like Solanke. His underlines are good. They're what you would expect from a good talisman forward for a team that's been struggling and arguably better than that. And they walk into Sheffield United next, right? So I completely get why people are, are looking at that. So uh, like I, as an Alvarez owner, you could move to like Solanke. It's not one that's a consideration for me at the moment. That's not to say I've got no interest in Dominic Solanke. I, I wouldn't say that at all. Um, I'd more want to be finding my funds for Nunes or Isak. Yeah, I think sure. at the moment now would would be my take. Maybe not for this week, but but afterwards. Any love for Awani? Got Brighton at home, Everton not at so home, much. Fulham away, Wolves away. Not so much. I mean, obviously he had a real hot streak at the end of last season and the beginning of this season. It's obviously had a little bit of an injury interrupted season now. That does feel like it's called a little bit. I think also his underlying is not bad either. I would prefer Solanke sure. of the two purely as well because there are options for Forrest there with Wood, Origi. They can always, for a more difficult fixture, look at something like Alanga and Gibbs White in at the top of, say, a 5 3 2. Whereas Solanke, you know exactly what you're getting. There's yeah. no way he's not playing. Almost, almost none. From their perspective, out the Carabao Cup as well, obviously so are Forest, but I would prefer Solanke, and it's a general conversation as well in terms of coming into this December period where it does get congested, and you start thinking a little They'll bit flex more. Flex the squad a bit more there. Yeah, and I, and I could, you know, even from that perspective, I could get why someone would pick a Solanke over, say, a Nunes or Isak, which might have a little bit more explosiveness at the moment because you know you're going to get the minutes out of him. Yeah. Um, and he could sit there for you till game week 18 and it's fine. So out of the two, I would prefer Solanke over sure. Awan Yee. But they're both reasonable options, both getting attention. Yeah, and that's a nice segue because uh, the stat I had on a player from Bournemouth was Solanke. Out of all of the teams from 30th to 20th, he scored the most goals with six. 
And uh, just above them. Uh, of all the teams from what, sorry? 13th to 20th. Oh, I thought you said 30th. I no. <laughs> going to say, Man City yeah, from, ain't been done cha- yet. From the championship <laughs> upwards. He's a, but yeah, like six goals is in a team that has been struggling. I, I know there's a couple of pens in there, but... There's also the recency bias of it as well at the same time. He scored twice against Newcastle. If he'd not scored against Newcastle, would people be talking about him in the same way? Uh, like, probably not. No. But he still was timing-wise as Sheffield United next. Like, I, I get it. Um... Yeah, he's. I, I owned him quite a bit last year, um, around about his time of season, actually. And he performed pretty well for me. Yeah. It's consistent as. Yeah. And, he, and he will be. He won't be. If anyone gets him, uh, you might end up disappointed, but I, you're not going to end up with 2 2 2 2 2. No, there like will be returns yeah, in there. Yeah, he will. Yeah. Yeah. Nice one. Cool. Well, one that you touched on. Who's had the most yellow cards <laughs> this season? Is it Jackson? It is Nicholas Jackson with seven. How many of them not for descent? <clears throat> I don't know. I would like to see that. I think he's I reckon one, it's... I think. Is he on a seven or eight? Seven yellow cards. That's unbelievable. That's ridiculous. Forward. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, I just had to get find a way to get him in this. He has come across... Um, Do you rate him as a player? I, I think there's something there. Yeah, I, I do actually. I think... Um, there's, there's games I've seen him where I thought, oh, your movement's good. And there's other games I've seen him where I think, oh, you're, you're a bit off it. Yeah, like, I can't make up my mind on into him. position a bit quicker. Because we, we said this earlier I in the season. I think that might come down to confidence because okay. I think at, in, the, in the opening month of the season or so, I mean, it was just a case it wasn't really going in and people were going, he's a decent player here. Um, and we shouldn't put him in the bracket of some of the forwards Chelsea have had historically because although 35 million or whatever they paid is, is it's not like a packet of crisps but it's not the top level you, you know when you're paying for a forward at that price you're not getting yeah the leeway is a bit less isn't it yeah so and I that... don't think there was huge expectation on him to necessarily come in and be Chelsea's number nine as the long term I think yeah, he's performed obviously the injury to Nkunku he's performed fine I do think he is probably the likely make weight for Nkunku but I also reflect on what Chelsea fans keep saying is the link between Jackson and Kunku in pre-season was really, really good. The difference between now and then, in my opinion, is Cole Palmer. Yeah, Palmer's almost put himself in a position where, I don't want to say undroppable, because... That is the word that comes to mind right now, though. A- yeah. Again, you know, there's two teams. I, I mentioned this on stream Friday. Liverpool 14 to 16 have got a real rough turnaround, in a sense. It's, it's Sunday, then Wednesday night, then Saturday lunchtime. And Chelsea have the same eighteen to twenty, and we should be conscious of that. That you know, there's a lot of oh, you know, Reese James. I'll be there game week sixteen and stuff like that. That's fine. Reese James probably isn't going to play eighteen, nineteen, and twenty, no. and that could apply to nearly every outfield Chelsea player. Yeah. Um, and because the fixture's so good, you're never going to want to bench it unless you physically know that you're going to want to bench it. Now, other than the 20 fixture in Luton, because it's the 12.30 kickoff, you ain't going to get any insight into the teams because they play on Christmas Eve, which is three days after the deadline in game week 18. So you ain't even going to get a press conference probably. Um, and by the way, that goes for the majority of teams in game week 18. Because of the Thursday deadline, you're not going to you're not gonna get press conferences. And then 19 is similar. You ain't going to get a lot because it's Boxing, Boxing Day fixtures. Day, yeah. And who's doing press conferences in Christmas Day and stuff like you're not and for those like Chelsea who play on the Wednesday night in that week 
probably have their press conference on Boxing Day. So you're not going to get any info in terms of team news, etc. So it's something to bear in mind, and that goes for the majority of teams over Christmas, but there's definitely going to be issues there for Chelsea 18, 19, 20, where other than Robert Sanchez, I don't know, we could look at any player and go, they definitely play all three of those games. Um, On Jackson, I think he may be the make-weight for Nkunku, and I think he's a major player to keep an eye on. I, I did a list of differentials for some of our patrons last week for Christmas specifically, and I kind of put him top of the shops. So he could be in the squad this weekend. Damn. Okay. Um, I would be amazed if he started at Newcastle, but it almost feels appropriate. If, you, if you're looking at investing, you know, we're well aware of the Chelsea swing from game week 16-ish. Well, that's worth saying, other than winning their opening day last season, I think, their historical record at Everton isn't brilliant, by okay. the way. Um, but from Everton 16, but you could also make a case from Brighton 14, right? Yeah. Especially for the offensive players. Exactly. Does United away in 15 hold major fears? No. I don't think so. Not really. And actually, the spacing for those ones is a little bit better because you go from United on the Wednesday night to the Everton game is on the, on the Sunday. So if Nkunku's on the bench at Newcastle, then it, I think it just becomes a, a timing yeah. thing and just finding out where he's going to play. That fella, I'm absolutely certain, wherever he plays, will score goals. Yeah, Absolutely okay. certain. So you're pretty bullish on him then. So the minute he's playing I'm regularly... I'm not necessarily bullish that he'd be like an auto-get for FPL, but I'm bullish that I know that he's a very good footballer sure. and he will get attacking returns. He's got, he's got the smell of it. Okay. I owned him in UCL Fantasy when he was at Leipzig last year, which included a hat-trick at the Etihad. Like, when he gets in position, he can finish, and he's got that uh, kind of sixth sense understanding of the position to get into to find the chances. Yeah. Okay. Well, speaking of sixth sense, which player has hit the woodwork the most times this season? What's that got to do with sixth sense? You'll see why. Which player's hit the woodwork the most? Yep. I feel like it should be Mbumo. Uh, they, they're separated at birth goalposts yeah, from Brian Mbumo. It's obviously not Mbumo. Kiss the team. Liverpool. Oh, it's got to be Nunes. Yeah. <laughs> My man with the sixth sense. He's always in the right positions. But he him. is I, the I enigma. I love him. I think he's brilliant. I uh, think he's great. Yeah. So, so uh, I can't get through a sentence without... Oh, Mr. Chaos. Yeah. Like, I had another always. stat around Liverpool as well, with uh, which was uh, Salah's had the most double-digit hauls in FPL this season. Yeah, it should come as a yeah. surprise, no. So it's highly likely to be him or Holland, right? Yeah. So. And obviously the theme there is Liverpool's attack, right? And they're just, yeah. I mean, you say you, you think they will challenge for this title, don't you? Yeah, look, I think... Um, if we're clubbing Liverpool and Arsenal win with, with City, which is right to do so at the, at the moment, it's obviously injuries are going to be important and I think even more so for Liverpool than than yourselves in all fairness um, I mean there's a few key players Liverpool would struggle if they got injured suddenly Van Dijk I have his critics but it would be a struggle if something happened to him I think he's been good again this season largely Sabosli would be a major hole problem yeah honestly almost more important you say our oh, Salah's king and all that and of course he is I, I get it but you can still go with a front line of like Jota Nunes Diaz like it's you know Gakpo whatever Ben Doak young player people keep talking about there's still options there for Liverpool you take Sabosla out of that midfield and I'd be really concerned mm-hmm. really concerned for Liverpool in terms of their aspirations for the season um, scored two really important goals for Hungary to get them qualified the other night as well um, and I think that's something he can add to his game uh, in terms of his goal scoring for Liverpool. He's doing a great job in the midfield, multifunctional. 
You've so, go on. No, go on. I was just going to say, you mentioned earlier about potentially people moving to Nunes and stuff. Are, are you are you there with it? Yeah, maybe. Um, it's the minutes though, right? As always, I feel like it's a broken record, the conversation. but For me at the moment, the planning is quite easy. Okay. Because I know I'm wildcard in 19 and there's, there's almost no chance of that changing for me unless I suddenly dropped into five, six red flags all at the same time. The yellow flags just don't bother me at all. If I walked into suddenly all at the same time, five, six injuries, you know, the Tottenham thing, then yeah, I might have to wild card. But I'm almost definitely going to 18. So I'm constantly looking at a plan that on each passing week is getting narrower and narrower. Yeah. <laughs> and so I can, I'm looking at lots of alternatives and I obviously keep looking at an alternative that say Watkins to Nunes, for example, or Alvarez to Nunes. Um, Mitoma's injury is probably going to make Alvarez to Nunes a no-go for me Yep. in terms of a path route just that little shift in price whether so I'd been Martinelli to Mbumo then maybe Alvarez to Nunes would have been easier but it's also worth saying I keep looking at 14 and I've got Holland against Tottenham for me it's not even a debate on the captaincy I won't want to sell Alvarez either no. for that fixture and Watkins at Bournemouth so I don't necessarily want to move that either. That feels like it's got to be the Nunes moment, though, 14. Because Liverpool have that brilliant three-game yep. stretch. But how many minutes but do you think he'll get? How many that, minutes right? will he yeah. get? Well, with him, you're probably looking at, I guess, two 80s plus a, a 30. A 30, yeah. So I'd say that's where I think as well. What are we talking about there? 190? So we're talking, might as well call it two full games, yeah. basically. Now, because those three fixtures are so good, is that also enough? Yeah, I, I know what you mean, and I probably would say yes. Would you take? I mean, just put that into a, a bracket. Would you take? Let's let's call it one eighty, just for ease. One eighty minutes of Nunes against Fulham at home, Sheffield United away, and Palace away, or two seventy of Watkins, Bournemouth away, City and Arsenal at home. That is now, a tough the, question. Yeah, but the fact that you um and are about it almost says, we'll just stick with the guy that you got. I guess, but I like having fun. <laughs> I kind of want to dabble there. But also, definitely, 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 I'm not not having Ollie Watkins against Sheffield United yeah, in the game with K-Team. Exactly. So it's also, you can say, well, yeah, you've got the benefit there. Yeah, but if I just, if I don't go there and I keep Watkins, that's two transfers yeah. that I can use somewhere else in my team to add more Chelsea for the, the switching fixtures, for example. Yeah. Okay. So, do I want Darwin Nunes? Yes. I'm going to want Alexander Isak, I think, as well. Yes. Am I getting both of them in? Next to no chance. Yeah. Fair play. Unless the big robot got injured. Yeah. And changes then that the game. changes the whole but game. But then I would definitely fix not having Salah at that point. Yeah. So then, well, that's I, a- ironically, I keep thinking, because I'm always of a consciousness uh, week on week, of if Haaland got injured... I'll Who's going to be your other player that comes in with Salah? And even though the fact that they play City this week, I, I probably would go Nunes. Have you not owned Salah at all this season? No. How do you feel hearing that he's had the most double-digit horse? Like it's almost expected. Yeah. It's going to be him or Haaland, isn't it? Yeah, because so, even Sidra's saying on Friday... Listen, if, if, I, if I wild-carded now again, yeah. I would go Haaland and Salah. I said this to, to Sidra when he did it in the last international break or game week eight, whenever he did it. If I'd been wild kind of gone Haaland and and Salah, it's just never really worked for me. Like, for me now, I could go, he said, get it done. I could go Sun to Salah, and I could go uh, Martinelli to 4.8. 
Now, if I'm into Palmer range, I think it's not even 4.8. I think it might be a 4. Point f- I'd looked at another one. Yeah, it's 4.8, I think. Or if I went Mitoma to Mbumo, then it was a 4.4 4 okay. as well. So I could still do it. Yeah. Um, But it, it's just below what you'd want in terms of like your Palmer. You want the Palmer, yeah. Even if just short of Bellegarde, I don't think is a terrible punt because Wolves have a good long-term set of fixtures as well. Um, it just doesn't really work for me. No. And every time I look at it, I think, of course I want Mo Salah in the team. But it's like I'm putting Mo in on one shit player to remove two very good players. Yeah, fair. So do you think you're going to be going without 14 to 16 then? I think probably, yeah. yeah. And I know Suj said to you on Friday, he's like, I've got to sort it. Yeah. It's killing me. That's why I wanted to ask you to see but where I, your head is I at. also don't feel that way in the sense that that run he's had from game week eight, starting with a Brighton double-digit return, the two goals, every every week, a bar one, was the Luton game, like he's, he's returned and scored, yeah. right? And every week he's returned, I've had a green arrow. Oh, okay. So That's it's cool. not yeah, massively well. <laughs> damaging me. Yeah. It's not, yeah, he's killing, but he's not. Because you're getting points elsewhere. I'm, get, I'm getting away are. with it, yeah. yeah. Fair play. Now it's worth saying, if I had Salah over that period, then I probably would be doing even better. Yeah. Like I realised that. Oh, you were but then I'm probably, for example, not having Sun and Bowen. is yeah. probably the sort of combination. That's what we're talking about. Do you want Salah and a Makati? Or do you <laughs> want like Sun and Bowen? And if I'm sitting there every week going, well, other than 15, I'm Captain Holland anyway. Yeah, it makes sense. Different ways to skin the cat. Yeah. Eh? It, yeah. Right, next one. Uh, this surprised me, but which defender who isn't Kieran Tripper? Who? I butchered that name there. Do you know what? I was reading the name. Kieran Tripper. Kieran Tripper. Kieran Trippier. Uh, let me start that again. Who, by the way, has pulled out the England squad for personal reasons and he should be fine for the weekend. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which defender who isn't Kieran Trippier has made it into the dream team the most times this season? Matt Cash? No. Saliba? No. See, I told you it would surprise you. A jockey Manderson. Yeah. How'd you get that so quick after well, the first day? The most clean sheets. Yeah. Of and, this Palace, was like, I think. and he scored a couple, didn't he? And obviously, you've had Johnston since the start of the season, I believe. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Palace defensively. It was right funny for me listening to you say, oh, James and Johnston. <laughs> so that's it. I'm sitting there going, Salah's not killing me. And you two are sitting there going, God, James is kidding us with Sam Johnston. <laughs> it's like, it's weird. Um, yeah, I mean, they're, they're decent and they've got decent run of fixtures, certainly for at least the next three as well. Go to Luton this weekend. Um, ironically, despite losing to Everton, it feels like probably the investment probably should have been there for them last week. Yeah. What, what have they got, 18, their fixture? Palace got Problem is they've got like... They've got they've, Brighton at home. Yeah, so they've got... It's their derby. The, it's the next <laughs> three and then they've got Liverpool at home, City away and then... The yeah, oh yeah, it's not now to go in, but it's just more... The motorway derby, yeah. which no one's allowed to call it that. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Um, so then it's rough. So, yeah, I mean, I'm looking at moving Johnston to Sanchez in 16. It's okay. the exact... Um, I feel like what, Palace have what, gone under the radar. What I might do, of... though, what's Palace's fixtures from 19 onwards? From 19 um, onwards, they have got Chelsea away, Brentford at home, Arsenal away, Sheffield... <sighs> Sheffield United at home, really Brighton away. So, so it's a tough run, it's rough. Yeah, but I was looking at because I've obviously got value held in Johnson now, and he'll probably go to four point seven over this period. I was looking at um, manipulating it, even in the sense that I didn't go Johnston to Sanchez if I had the money spare and knowing that I wouldn't need it because of the blank and probably selling Holland in eighteen. I didn't go in Turner to Sanchez and leaving Johnston about in case I'm going to pick him as 
a keeper on the wild card. Okay. Um, to pair with something like Flecken, if, say, the Brentford double happened, for example. So I need to have a deeper look at Palace's fixtures for the new year and stuff. But they're, they've been what we suspected they'd be because of their lack of involvement in the market, a little yeah. bit more pragmatic than what we saw at the back end of last season. just feels like, um, I don't mean this disrespectfully to Palace, but it feels like a nothing season for them. Like, I think Roy Hodgson probably won't be their manager next year. And yet, he's doing an absolutely fine job at the moment. But it just feels like they're on hold as a football club yeah. at the moment. And I don't think that's necessarily terrible. If they know what they want next year and can't get it now, for example, then then I get it. And again, Roy Hodgson's doing a, a pretty good job, to be totally honest, with Palace. But it feels like they're on hold. I wonder, though, if with the return of Eze and Elise and the fact that they're well clear of danger if they might begin to open up a little bit more the longer the season goes on. Yeah, you think it was maybe a because they've been without the attacking talent, they've had to... I also wonder if one of those centre-backs might be under interest in January for a buy. Yeah, it could be either of them, From a few clubs. I know Tottenham have got a long-standing interest in Mark Gay, but he ironically wouldn't walk in the team. Yeah, because of how Romero and and Van der Ven are fit. And he's obviously going to want to play for England at Euros. And from that perspective, he'd be better off staying with Palace. Like even Anderson will have suited Anderson as had well, been right? linked with Newcastle okay, um, quite a bit in uh, the summer. And I think that was because of concerns about Fabian Scherer's long-term issues with injuries and yet has largely stayed fit over the last 15 months or so. But I wouldn't be surprised if suddenly, I don't know, it's hyper Let's say something serious did happen to Van Dijk. Mm. You know, could Liverpool look at someone like Gay? Like, I think they could. Yeah, I think so. Makes sense. And I don't think it would be a terrible investment in that sort of circumstance but either. Palace fans are not going to enjoy speaking about this or hearing about this. No, I, no but I, to be honest, I'm relating it to a fantasy and saying that I think there might be interest in one of those two players from other clubs in January and therefore we shouldn't look at them necessarily as a long-term view of definitively being one of the best defensive teams for clean sheets in the league. Yeah. Like, I don't think Johnston's an outstanding goalkeeper, actually. I, I do think he's better than Dean Henderson. Um, but even that, at some point, is going to come back under spotlight, isn't it, when Henderson gets fit? Yeah. So, I would have a consciousness about them. I think um, they'll be better, obviously, offensively for Michael Lise's return on top of Eze's. And I know a few will look at Eze this week. They'll be- definitely would have to on him last week. You went Eze, yeah. yeah. There'll definitely be a few with the Matoma news or oh, Matoma to Eze. Yeah. It's not going to be for me, I don't think, because I, I know that I'll hit 16 and I want to move that on to something else. So unless I came to the conclusion that I went, right, I don't want Mbumo, I'll go Matoma to Eze to Parma, something like that, which can work as a chain like Palace into then Chelsea. Yep. Um, but you need to be in a luxury position where you're really happy with your squad to do that. Yeah. So maybe those who've wildcarded quite recently might be able to line that sort of thing up. And I guess if I was wildcarding this week, I probably would look to punt as I think, yeah. Yeah, well, went in a week early. And and probably a defensive one, yeah. I still think Gay over Anderson, by the way, is cheap. How up. comes that with Just yeah, cheap. cheap. Yeah. yeah, it's simple as. Right, Hammers. Next two, as a Sky Fantasy football player, I'm hoping you get in quick fire. Pauline, yeah. <laughs> And <laughs> and um, Lewis Dunk. <laughs> correct. Moving on. <laughs> Is that correct? Yeah. yeah. What were the metrics? Uh, most tackles won and most passes completed. <laughs> Done. Sorted. Moving on. <laughs> Anything to add on them too, to be fair? Um, 
well, they're both going to be big misses for their teams this week, possibly. We don't know the Lewis Dunk status yet for, for Brighton. Um, he did send an Instagram post last Monday suggesting that he would, uh, the fans could look forward to seeing him after the break. Okay. So maybe he will be available for this weekend. And he's clearly, he's one of the few at Brighton that you can put your hat on and go, yep, going to play regularly. He'll play, he'll play nine out of 10 at worst. Um, it's probably more like 19 out of 20, to be honest. And that's all comps as well. Whereas the others doesn't feel like that. Um, even down to the keepers, we've discussed the death. A Stupanan has obviously had the setback, and I think a few of us were looking at potentially getting him back in for this good run of fixtures. Although Forest away, Chelsea away isn't actually that inspiring at the moment. That's no. two tough away games, yeah. really. Then there's two home games, one of which is Brentford, mm-hmm. which isn't easy, and then Burnley, Burnley at home. Then I think they go to yourselves yep. and in then game pa- week 17. And then the motorway derby. I think... Brighton assets, though, are just general no-go at the moment because of yeah. this. It's becoming a headache. I've been looking, despite the good fixtures, that kind of weighs off of Mitoma anyway. So despite the fact him being an amazing player, love him as a player, um, Daniel, start looking for money. Like, I, it's just a headache. Ferguson apparently maybe got a, an issue for Ireland in the Netherlands the other night. And he thought, oh, Joe Pedro again. Yeah, and it's just, it's just brain damage. Honestly, we're going to have at some point just sit there and go, I'm just going to let these go. Yeah. You don't want to because you know what, what they're capable expected of. expected offensively yeah. can be from them. But I, I just think probably whilst they're in the Europa, or at least beyond when we get beyond Christmas, there might be a period we can look at in January and February, if, say, they win their Europa group. We could look at them maybe for January, February and go, OK, right, there's a little sustained spell here where they'll probably rotate in the FA Cup and stuff and you like some Mitoma might feel a bit safer. They and have stuff. got a really decent run from, uh, well, January, yeah. Yeah. Game week 21. Um, but at the moment, I just feel like f- for this, we're walking into a period anyway where all players, you know, even your likes of Salah's, are liable to a possible rest. You know, those Liverpool free games, for example, you know, could Salah be a sub at Sheffield United on the Wednesday or at Crystal Palace on the Saturday lunchtime? Like, yes, it's a possibility. It will depend on what Klopp gets advised from his people. And if his people say, no, keep playing Mo, it will keep playing Mo. It will literally come down to his fitness and his recovery and stuff like that. They won't take a chance with him. Not with those fixtures. And they wouldn't anyway, I don't think. They wouldn't take a chance anyway. But we're getting into that period where we spoke about this with the likes of Solanke and why someone like that's maybe beneficial. You know what you're getting. Exactly. With yeah. Brighton, Fulham without Paulinho against Wolves this week. Yeah. Um, that doesn't mean you should steam into Wolves players necessarily. No, not at all. But it does mean I would not be surprised if Wolves go to Fulham on Monday night and win because it's a huge he's player. He's important, isn't he? I think that's what I find incredible about the stat of most tackles because he missed he's, bit, missed, games, like, he's yeah. missed games yeah and he how is he top of that metric so he's a freak he's a, a great player worth saying is his mistake that leads to the goal against Manchester United the other week despite the fact he was the best player on the pitch yeah he's going to get picked up um you know, we've mentioned sort of Anderson Gay. I, I don't think Fulham fans are going to take this too badly to know that it will get picked up by someone. I'd probably next summer now. The word is that Bayern Munich probably won't go back for him in January. Um, and again, unless someone else in our league's got real serious concerns going into January, they probably don't add. Like as good as he is, say for example, he probably wouldn't fit as a like um, 
for Tottenham. Yeah. Because Weirdly of the enough. style that you're looking yeah, to evolve yeah. to. That makes sense. Um, so I don't think there's too many would, would look for him necessarily like, I know what in you mean. January. Elite teams don't really go for out-and-out destroyers anymore, do they? And that's not to limit him to what that phrase is, but... N- no, not really. Um, but, like, could he could he do a job for almost any team uh, in the Premier League? Yeah, like, that. you know, if he came to Tottenham, would he be bad? Like, no, no, of course not. He's great. <laughs> Just probably doesn't fit into the, the style st- stylistically as such. I'm going to guess that's part why Liverpool didn't go there. But you'd look at United's problems, you'd think, yeah. Like a younger Casemiro in a way it could be. But I don't think he, isn't he like 28 or 29 or something now? Is it? Okay, that's blown my mind. I think so. <laughs> I don't know why I thought he was like 25. Have, have a, have a uh, look have at a how look old on he the old is. Google. I think he might be older than we think he is. Um, I don't want to say late developer because I can't say I've followed his career <laughs> enough to know He's that, 28 years old, yeah. He's 28, yeah. And listen, 28's not past it, right? But He's the same age as me. He's, he's two months younger than me. Are you that young? And I'm sat here. God, thanks. Brilliant. <laughs> I'm nearly old enough to be your father in a <laughs> weird world. Um, <laughs> All right, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> did you hear the podcast we did recently? So the patron last Monday, Which one of the questions Q&A? we got in the Q and A was. Um, no, I've not listened to it yet. You, you never watched Only Fools, did you? You're too young. Yeah, I, I used to watch yeah. Only Fools. Do you remember the one when when Rodney had to pretend he was like he was a kid? It was on holiday. Oh, anyway, no. one of the questions we had was: Would you? Would me or Sudge? Go on holiday if it meant we had to take you as our adopted child. <laughs> what, what did you answer? We'd be like, no, nah, anything, but, anything but holiday. I'm a great child. <laughs> no, we said we'd do it. Yeah, no problem. Nice. Right. Uh, anything yeah, more to add on it, that? I, I think, by the way, Fulham will be fine. Um, it's obviously Everton have been sucked into that yeah. issue at the bottom of the table now. There's... There's five teams there that are almost definitely going to finish below Fulham, I think. So even if Paulina did go in January, I think they'll be fine. They're largely avoidable as well, though, from a fantasy perspective, because yeah. who's going to score the goals from Harry Wilson, Jimenez can, Yeah, Harry Wilson. <laughs> Jimenez can refine himself. I, I did notice that Deckard over Reed um, per minutes is all right, I think. But like he's in competition with Wilson, and, and I think William is almost definitely first choice most of the time. So, I mentioned him because he's really cheap in Sky, which is relevant to this podcast. What else you got, Clayton? Right, we're going to the goalkeeper department for the next two. Yep. Most saves in the league this season? Most saves is... Uh, is it Wes Fodrenham? It is, yeah, because they just get absolutely peppered, poor guy. So, um, 57 saves he's had to make this season. That's approaching five a game, isn't yeah. it? Uh, yeah, they're under the cosh quite a lot. And then the next one, which goalkeeper has had the most high claims this season? And it's 11 more than second and third. High claims? Yeah. This is catching crosses? Yep. Kaminsky? No, but uh, I would have guessed him as well. And he's not even second or third. James Trafford? Nope. This really threw me. Go on. Is it, it's Ho- not Vic, is it? No. Jose Sarr. Okay, yeah. That does make sense. Why does that make sense? Um... Because he he always does well in FPL. <laughs> Ironically, Jose Sarr. Um, hence the expensive price tag because he gets way more points than the defensive players. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me that Wolves end up dealing with crosses. But but I also think they're quite comfortable with that with the likes of Dawson. I was just going to say, is that something they just let that happen? Um, 
Obviously, Sheffield United don't choose to let (laughs) the amount of shots on goal that they face. I think they're just no, but some some teams do. I mean, it used to be like a an old Burnley tactic with with Nick Pope, Pope, where it forced them to shoot from distance. We trust the goalkeeper. It's fine, um, and people get frustrated against teams like that, and then start resorting to doing so. That's not what's happening with Sheffield United. Um, I think mentioning those two teams, uh, there was a couple of bits on both. Bulldog is three point eight still. I think. I think most people who own him will start him this week because the defensive, the assets look shit defensively this week. What, in, in other matchups, yeah. Tottenham playing so Villa, Newcastle playing Chelsea, Brentford playing Arsenal, City playing Liverpool. Um, I mean, that's conceivably the top eight bar Manchester United, isn't it? Okay, so what's uh, your, Brighton? in air quotes, controversial... So you would play Bulldog over which controversial player this, this game week? I probably wouldn't okay. with what I've got. So my intention, and it's dependent on injuries, obviously, but I'll probably go cash Saliba Udogi this week. Yeah. Saliba because you can trust in in Arsenal to pick up a clean Especially sheet away at any from time. Home. I think Arsenal defensively are pretty good. Yes, yeah. clean sheets do tend to appear more away from home than at home. We should reflect on the game at Newcastle, and you know, there's a moment there where it very easily finishes nil nil. Yeah. Um. And the other two I just picked for the offensive this week, Udogi and Cash. And I've probably I've obviously picked Sun and Watkins part of that. I'll just throw them all in. Yeah. And it'll be two two and all four of those players will score. Like it you know, could be that sort of thing. Unlikely. But normally I I don't like playing offensive players against defensive. But my alternatives to avoid that this week would be like Shimikas at Man City and Lascelles against Chelsea. Mm. Which That's where you feel like you Yeah, can... but Lascelles just feels like it tops out at six. And yeah. I'd, I'd rather pick the two players. I think they might be suffer for him offensively anyway. If if I if I get to the weekend, I think, oh yeah, Newcastle got their full team. I fancy him for a clean sheet. Then I'd probably play the cells. Yeah, I'd obviously pick Trippier over these people. I'd probably pick Cher over those people as well because there's more offensive threat. With Big Tasty, it doesn't really feel like that. Q goal now. Yeah, Liverpool one nil, fifteen pointer. Sure enough. Um, on Wolves, I I do think Bellegarde. He's really worth watching, actually. How much did you say he is? is he I mentioned him a couple of weeks ago. Um, and one unnamed FPL content creator messaged me to tell me that I was a genius for tipping him up. I was like, yeah, I tipped him up, but I wasn't going to actually go and buy him. Um, and he didn't even start. He came on as a sub and scored so, against Sheffield so United. 4.9. Yeah. And what did I say about one option in terms of moving Salah was to get a 4.8. Yeah. So I've been looking at players in that if he did drop in there because their fixtures are good enough and I can see the way they're playing system-wise now subject to Neto's fitness I can see him potentially playing just off of Kuna, Kunya it's in quite a supportive like role Bellingham, and then maybe Neto and Huang either side could get really offensive there, there's a knock-on potential there for Ray and Aitnori owners maybe to be conscious of um but I think he's an interesting one to keep an eye. There's something there. I could, I could. Obviously, I was at the game at Molyneux last week. Yeah, he's got something about him, you know. You <coughs> get a vibe for someone sometimes. I think it's worth keeping an eye on. Okay. Like as an, if you need to look at an enabler that's under the five bracket now, you feel like and not there. right to the bottom. He he'd be under consideration for me. Okay. Did you hear Serge talking about Thomas Sojak on Friday? I did, and whatever. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, I had heard a rumor this morning. Antonio Hamstring, maybe. Oh damn! Um, which would support that? What price? So check. Uh, I think so. Said he was four point nine as well. Is he? I would need to clarify that. I 
that's the price that's come to my mind based on our conversation. I mean, to be honest, I couldn't. He is four point nine. Yeah, I couldn't give you anything data to support buying Bellegarde over Socek. To be very honest with you, yeah. So okay. yeah, Socek would certainly come into that bracket, and if Antonio is going to be out for a while, you can see him playing that that role that's as more of a support. Me and Sue speak about it all the time. It's like you only want him touching the ball in the penalty areas. Yeah. Well, I had to get Antonio into this podcast just for Suj. Uh And the stat I've got is he and one other player have been subbed off the most times this season. 11. Who do you think the other player is? I feel like Madison and Son aren't a million miles away from that, actually. I'll give you a clue. It's one of the bottom five teams. Okay, thank you. This is one of them ones where you've got to go scrape the barrel for a stat, yeah? Uh, yes. Is it a Burnley player? It is. Amdouni? Yeah, I like your thought process. So yeah, Amdouni and Antonio, and obviously that's a shame if Antonio is injured, but um, yeah. He's got a lot of responsibility at the moment. Amdouni's subject to what the situation is with with Lyle Foster and his, his mental health is basically picking up the slack up front at the moment yeah. and he's not giving off vibes that he's going to get enough. The, the irony... Well, they've got an okay run. Like I know West Ham yeah, at home's tough, but um, then... The irony is for... <laughs> Suj would, I'm sure Suj, if he was sitting here, would say this. Burnley have lost every home game. Jared Bowen scored in every away game. Yeah. Like yeah. It's, it's Burnley wins it Saturday, isn't it? <laughs> like it's just... It's written... It, and 1-0 as well. 1-0 Burnley. Yeah, literally. Um... But after West Ham obviously plays Sheffield United, one of the things we have discussed is like, look, if if you lose to if you lose both of those, then you're in. Trouble. Then there's a conversation to had, isn't yep. it? The irony is though, um, and again we, we'll do a full pod on Everton's point deduction tomorrow. But obviously, them and Everton and Burnley now on four points. If obviously the ten point deduction stands, and yet. I only really sit here and could see Everton getting relegated if two things happened. One is Everton walked into a serious injury crisis. Yeah. You start losing players like Calvert-Lewin, one of the centre-backs, etc. And if Burnley sort themselves out. Yeah. Because I still don't foresee, with respect to Sheffield United and Luton, I don't see how Everton won't get more points yeah. than those two Me teams either. over what remains. Yeah, I'm in the same... I still have you. something that nags that tells me that at some point Burnley will, Burnley will put something together. I saw periods in the Arsenal game. I was physically there. I was like, their patterns of play are good. And look, you saw them against your lot start of the season. And I, okay, granted, I haven't watched them week in, week out. But the periods I have seen, you can see tactically there is something there. And there, there were periods in our game where, okay, granted, they didn't create chances, but I felt uncomfortable. The, the, what's there for them tactically? is also causing them some problems yeah. because they're not as good as what the manager's ideologies are. Yeah, they don't have opinion. the calibre of players to execute. The and principles. that's why I say, like, if they lost to West Ham and Sheffield United and suddenly, if you're a Burnley fan and you're going to every home game and then with respect to Sheffield United, you have then the weakest one come and you lose to them as well and you're, what, eight zero points from eight home games... There is unfortunately then a conversation to be had about do you want to take this forward and stick with it? Yeah. Now, my general take probably would be that as long as the players are still buying into Vincent Company's methods and there's nothing to suggest that they're not, then they would probably be better off saying, well, if we have to go down and come back, then do it. 
because the chances are with some of what might be coming up from the championship this year, maybe say Leeds, Ipswich, Leicester, for example, if Burnley went down, unlike with the other two, because it's not like they're going to go into the championship and start spending millions, Burnley probably would be hot favourites to come back again. So they probably would be of the right status, I think, to stick to it. It's also irony, just in terms of a knockoff. I don't... When have we ever got this far into a season no one's been sacked? Yeah, this must must be pushing records now. I think it is. Yeah. I, I don't know the stats and the data on that, but to get to... I mean, we're nearly December and not have a single... international break not have, a, not have a single manager lose his job. Yeah. I mean, we had obviously the change at Wolves days before the season started, for example, but, but that's it. So, but it doesn't even feel like anybody's like real teetering on, on the edge. I don't think. But that sort of thing could make Burnley think about their position. I strongly think they wouldn't get zero points from the next two. Amdouni is not worth a fantasy gamble. No one else at Burnley is, um, despite the good fixtures. If you wanted to invest defensively, I would still probably get Bayer now rather than Taylor, just a little bit more security longer term now Would that Taylor's there, hit 4.0. You'd, you'd recommend going there for something? No, no, no yeah. just if people want like an enabler, sure. like they've got Fulham away in 18, like with Fulham scoring issues, it's not it's not a disaster if you had to play it, for example. The fixtures are okay up to then as well. So in terms of cover, yeah, fine. But then unless, say, Botman and Shearer back together for Newcastle. How would you make a case to pick him yeah. over Lascelles, for example? Yeah. And his others would even argue, even under that, wouldn't you rather have more trust in Everton and Jared Branthwaite, for example, despite more difficult fiction? You go, yeah, probably. I agree with that. But then you wouldn't want to play Branthwaite at Tottenham in 18. No. You'd feel a bit more comfortable with Bayer at Fulham. That's that's my point. Yeah, makes sense. Right, final two, Hammers. We've got... This player with the most headed goal attempts this season. I'll be disappointed if you don't get this one. Who was the club that spams crosses galore? Oh, it's <laughs> got to be Carlton Morris. It is Carlton Morris indeed. Uh, the I do hero. like the cross, Luton. He's 5.3 now. and I, I, he yeah, was. Would you consider it? I, he's one I mentioned again for, for the, the patrons last week for over Christmas in the sense that he falls back into that line of um, he'll play every game. No question about that. It'd be on pens. What's interesting about their fixtures uh, over the Christmas period is they've got a really, really tough run of home games. But we've seen, you know, in, say, the Tottenham, the Liverpool games, that I'm sure someone at some point will go to Kenilworth Road and win, like, 4-5-0. Yeah. But I've also been saying all this season that someone will go there and get unexpectedly beat. And that obviously was very nearly Liverpool a couple of weeks ago. But they've got some away fixtures through December and January that aren't bad. So if you're looking at home game tough, away game, I'd almost rather it was that way. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You never feel comfortable, like, oh, I've got Morris at Anfield, or I've got Morris at Etihad. At least the home games are not, I know not what you mean. so bad. And he's cheap enough that he can also fall into that line for your rotation if you want, where you'd... I mean, listen, if you went, for example, him and Palmer then when Chelsea's fixture swing comes around, you're just going to play Palmer anyway, to be honest. It wouldn't be a terrible player. If if you're if you're looking to get a really cheap forward in and don't want to drop down to your archers, your Semenos, and you want someone that's going to play regularly, yeah, I mean, he falls into that line. And he'll probably, he might even drop a little bit more, which is obviously the legacy of the double game week yeah. that they had, right? 
Yeah. So I'd, I'd, he wouldn't be a terrible one. He's not someone I think you'd want to see in your FPL team every week. He does feel like he hasn't scored for ages as well. Yeah. But he'll but it, chip in with a few. Good old Carlton. All right, James. Final one for the pod. I think we haven't covered now. This player has had the most progressive passes in the league and they were also with James Madison in the top three for chances created. Progressive passes? Mm-hmm. And also top three for chances created. Top three for chances created? It's got to be from a top team. What am I missing here? Debatable. Debatable? It's a top, top half team. Is it Villa player? No. Just one below him in the table. I'm trying to think who we haven't spoken about. <coughs> Progressive pass. It it's not a Newcastle, but it can't be. They're above Newcastle. Who'd, who'd above? Oh, it's Bruno, isn't it? It's Bruno Fernandes, yeah. Bruno. Hence the debatable if it's a top team. <laughs> it's Bruno, yeah. <laughs> but this is, like, he's, uh, his metrics are hit. Because like, obviously are. everyone knows about how Man United are doing like we don't need to add anything yeah, like that's form like, team in the league <laughs> yeah, literally but uh, like they've won five of the last six yeah but um again the general narrative around them is completely well it's been so mixed this season and it feels like they've really gone up down up down up yeah there's i, I don't think there's a club i've ever known more <laughs> that's more defined by their last result slash performance like yeah it is everything is amplified double with with them more than any other team i think even more than liverpool like it is why is that the size of them yeah i think so and obviously through the premier league era there's you know the older generations remember obviously liverpool's dominance of the 80s and stuff like that but but it got to what of, i started of my generation you you just grew up in manchester united's dominance and for 10 years the only team that really got near them was was your team in fairness clay yeah. um then obviously your likes of Chelsea and Mourinho come along. Then United recovered and had another dominant spell before Ferguson finished. It was like 20 years of being the top team, if you will, without question. And now they've had 10 years of, uh, for Manchester United, like awfulness well, for, yeah, their standards, for their standards. Yeah. Um, which, you know, many other clubs would say, we'd, we'd snatch for that. Yeah, and I, and, I, and I get that. But for Manchester United, it's obviously a, a terrible decades worth of returns basically i remember you were really early about because i i remember i was on the double man united midfield and i remember you just saying you've you can see it in rashford it's not there and i feel like you went off before most people did and you got it right yeah i took a minus four to sell rashford before i think crystal palace at home that was it to go to sun who had liverpool at home yeah i'd seen enough of the two players um and it was Rashford against Burnley did it for me. And what was ironic about that is when you looked at Rashford's underlying from that game, it was fine. It didn't feel like it watching it. So, yeah, I'd seen enough. And I, I don't think he scored since. Uh, no. He's I got one goal. He yeah. He's... I think this, the stat going about is his most shots for players only scored once, which won't surprise anyone. Um, I think he might even be in the top 10 for shots or so, Marcus Rashford. But. Yeah, he, he's just not been at it for United, which is interesting as well. Like, I've seen two very good performances for him for England this year in, against Scotland in a friendly and uh, in Italy in the qualifier in the last break as well. He was really good. They are just one defeat from catastrophe all the time. Yeah, that's how it feels. And I think but they've then, got some tougher fixtures coming up. The flip side, just to add to that though, is like you say, when they do have a good run... Because I, I started seeing tweets of like, we're only six points behind second and this and that. And it's 
I remember I saw that last season. So it's just it feels like it's always one extreme or the other with them. So them last five wins they've had, right? I, 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 you throw in the ones I don't mention. Okay. So they beat Brentford. They were one nil down going into injury time. One two one. Yeah. They won two one at Sheffield United. Yep. Dallow scored with a screamer. Screamer. Yeah. Um, they beat Fulham in the last minute. Mm-hmm. This is three late wins. Uh, they beat Luton one nil. Yep. And who's the other one for the last six they beat? Uh, they're the ones that I've. Uh, is it going back to that? Burnley it's going game? back to that Burnley game, which was twenty third of September. Is yeah. that right? Yeah. No, it can't be because we've got the Palace defeat in there. Or maybe it is. It, it is. could be. Yeah, because okay. the other Palace win was in the cup. So one nil at Burnley, and they didn't play great that night, to be honest. They got the job done, fair enough. So, with respect, you absolutely would be assuming that Manchester United would be winning them games. Yeah. This is part why people wanted the likes of Fernandes and Rashford, because those fixtures are great. Now, there's one game left of the really good run, which is this Sunday Everton, yeah. at Everton. I would suggest that doesn't feel like a good fixture for Manchester United right now. Agree. Um, I think Everton are going to make that place feel like an FA Cup quarterfinal. And, That's a really good analogy. And, yeah. and lively. Yep. And I wouldn't be surprised if Manchester United got beat at Everton. Now I then agree. following that, what's coming from afterwards, Clates? Newcastle away, Chelsea at home. Okay, then granted Bournemouth at home, but then it's Liverpool away, West Ham away, Villa at home. Forest away, which we all know about Forest at that when they're at home, then it's your lot. I wouldn't count my lot in that being difficult because <laughs> as as I used with Clayton on one of our page um Serge on one of our patron pods last week, he's like, When they're all back and I'm like, Well they'll all be back for Manchester United, which is just when they all piss off for AFCON <laughs> and the Asian <laughs> oh, Cup when yeah. Sun Basuma and Sargo and stuff <clears> like that. So it's like you get one load back. Even there, like we're looking way, like we're going into January when we mentioned them playing you, but more no, but that, that run coming up, yeah. yeah. Everton away this weekend is now not an easy fixture. No. It wouldn't be for any team going there this weekend. So and it's not that Manchester United can't go there and win. And if they do, it'll be what they always do: win by one goal. That that's the problem, right? Because they haven't. If they'd have beat Luton four nil, it's yeah. not to say you should beat Luton four nil. But had they put in that sort of performance, everyone goes through the break and goes. I has a bit more like what I'd expect from a Manchester United team, whereas it's oh, beat Luton 1-0. I did see some interesting comments from Andrews Townsend, actually, who said he, okay. he he said that they found them really difficult to deal with tactically in terms of interchanging of positions and stuff. Now, I was coming back from Wolves. I've not seen a lot of the game. In fact, to the extent that when I watched Match of Day that night, I really struggled to get through the Manchester United-Luton highlights. I was shattered. So not seen a lot of the game. Um, but we expect more from them, right? It just feels like he's ticking, 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 and at some point soon, they're going to have that really bad away day that we've seen them yeah. have a few times where they're going to get properly slapped somewhere, yeah. it feels. And then it'll be That problem again. with the central midfield at the moment is they're going to get badly exposed in a game soon, yeah. in my opinion. I think if yeah. you're on Bruno Fernandes... And or Rashford or you're on Harry Maguire this week. The chances are you're probably playing them because the fixture schedule for FPL assets is pretty bad this week. I'd be moving it on. I, I couldn't be making a case to be having Fernandez is over Bowens and Bumos at cheaper prices, Sackers at similar prices. I, I just beyond this week, I, I couldn't make a case for it. Nah. Newcastle Way is a very good excuse to be moving stuff on if you've got it, I think. Yeah, nicely done. Well, James, that's a wrap. Cheers, pal. One stat, well, there are a few stats from every club and we went to specific players and tried to make it relevant. Who, I will ask you a couple <coughs> of questions before you finish. Go on. Uh, who do you think will be your game with 13, Captain? 
my game week 13 captain, I despite what you said, I still think, <clears throat> excuse me, I still think it's going to be Son against Villa. Despite everything you said. I mean, it infuses me that I'm hearing other people talk about this. Um, I'm not in support of it. I, I get the theory. Villa's high line. His off the ball running is one and timing of his runs is one of the best. Someone's got to still play it. Yeah, I, I get that. I just think. And I just don't see... Do you know who who what Tottenham should really use? And oh. I mean this seriously on Sunday. You're going to say a youngster or something? Aren't you? No, in terms of for Son. Oh, okay. He's Dyer. Dyer's got the one of the range of the pass. Yeah. yeah. I feel like I've seen that before. And do you know that. what? If Romero doesn't do it much, Mickey van der Ven doesn't have it in his locker. So ironically, with those two missing, right? use something you've got from your weakness to your advantage. And I don't think any of the midfielders particularly are going to play the pass. I, I think no. in terms of Kulazewski, I don't I don't really see it. With with Villa, it's more like it's tight and it's aggressive and you just need to make the run from a bit deeper. Yeah. So I think that the best reference I could use is the second half Newcastle had in the opening day where it was like Harvey Barnes particularly kept just running from late. It was like they've spread high, right? they pushed Wilson up with them, and okay, who's going to break and late? The beneficiary might actually be not Sun, it might be Brennan Johnson okay. in terms of diagonal from right centre-back yeah. to left-sided forward. That might be the beneficiary. I'm not suggesting people go and buy Brennan no, Johnson. No, just technically how you see that game going. He is yeah. a player to keep an eye on. I think in terms of that, like I, I don't, mind it because I do think there'll still be goals in the game we're definitely still capable of beating them right we're at home yeah. but if people are using the oh well Forest beat Villa yeah well Tottenham ain't gonna play like Forest no, played against Villa and it doesn't mean that even with our style with the absent players we can't still beat them yet yeah, yeah we can but we also might get done over pretty badly ourselves um, if I had to captain one of Son or Watkins this week yeah go on Who I'd would captain you go? Watkins. Go Watkins okay because I own both so that's interesting uh, I hadn't really considered captaining Watkins, but, but I would still, to repeat what I said at the start, I'd still think Holland and Salah are the two best choices this week, despite the fact they're playing each other. Yeah, we'll see. Right, I've uh, I've got the questions up and likely transfer. I don't know, honestly. I've I feel quite happy with my team, but I do have two free transfers. My boy Gibbs White is still in there. He got a little assist for me. I the the transfer I'm thinking of right now is probably Dallow to Saliba. Like very boring, and just roll the other one. I know we said it's not the right time to go Arsenal defensive. I just look at Dallow there. Don't really like it. Yeah, it's fine. Um, so it's like, it's fine. use one. I, I think for me, most likely at the moment, is now probably going to be Mitoma to Mbumo or roll it. But I that think makes sense. I think Mbumo is probably going to go up this week before deadline and therefore I might pull the trigger on it, which has its risk in it. But the fact I've got eight attackers yeah. doesn't mean I can take that risk yeah. a little bit more because... For example, I'm probably, as it stands, part of plan, benching Sun in game week 14. Oof. Okay. Strong team. So we have set it. Right. So I've got the questions up. We There weren't, there weren't too many questions. Uh, I think everyone's enjoying the international break. break. Yeah, yeah absolutely. But, uh, before we do that, do you want to give everyone the download for the yeah, schedule so. this week? Uh, tomorrow, money in football on Everton's 10-point deduction. Uh, Wednesday, 
Luke Williams, who is one of the best Sky Fantasy football players around and one of the best content creators in our community, is joining me on the Sky Fantasy podcast. Clash of Correspondents Thursday be an interesting one for those Sky managers as well. It's Fulham versus Wolves ahead of the Monday Night Football with Dara Curran and Bradley Parker. I will be streaming on Friday, most likely at 12 o'clock our Patreon content this week. If you want to support the show, www.patreon.com forward slash planet FPL. If you want to support the show, if you want the additional content, the podcast this week will be in Patreon Q&A today, which Suj will be joining me for. Uh, tomorrow, Clayton, Nico and Suj are all involved, but they, yeah, Nico's <laughs> like, Nico's what? surprise. <laughs> yeah, you are involved. Um, they don't know what they're getting yet, but I've got something I'm calling the debate for them tomorrow. Okay. Uh, Wednesday is Tottenham's. We'll be doing Tottenham and Arsenal. Um, and I might be recalling on that Tottenham's own large point deduction that they got in 1994. Uh, Thursday is a quiz. Alex Trembath's doing a quiz for me on hat tricks. And on Friday will be our Game Week 13 preview podcast. Uh, you support the show, www.patreon.com forward slash planet FBL. Lovely stuff. Is that it? That's all the content. <laughs> Uh, Workaholics There's these guys. loads more than that I'm yeah. joking I'm joking That's that just is, the podcast It's amazing Right So uh, conscious of time We do only have time for one Okay go on And it's from Long term listener Amber Redmond Are you ah, good Amber? Amber's got the best Sh- questions Agree Don't disappoint me What do you do when you can't sleep? And before my answer I have to ask What's the average age Of a Planet FPL listener? What's the average age Of a Planet FPL yeah. listener? Nico do we know that? Average age of a Planet FPL feel- listener 52. 52. <laughs> it's bullshit. It's absolutely bullshit. Well, yeah. what I, do you I do? would have said uh, average age is probably, I'd have said mid-30s probably. I'd go for the same, yeah. yeah. But if there's kids listening, I can't say. what. You get kids, if you're listening, on. you shouldn't be. <clears throat> get your parents' permission. I don't think we've sworn on this pod though. So no, we haven't. We I might... Don't. Don't, don't get, get your parents' <laughs> credit card. Sign up to Patreon. Don't do that. Sign up to Patreon. So yeah, what do you do when you can't sleep, James? <sighs> Here's me, right? I, I'm not good, and I don't recommend this for anybody else. But I, I don't go to bed until I'm shattered. Until you're shattered. Genuinely. Yeah, doesn't matter. If I'm sitting there at half past two in the morning, I'm not tired. I won't go to bed. You don't really have like a sleep routine or nothing, then? No? I am abysmal. Oh wow! I'm abysmal. How do you function? I I watch and read shit until I'm too tired. Fair play. Which is normally for this crap. I um <laughs> what do I do? I put on a lot of that white noise, that sort of stuff. I try to count backwards from a hundred. Um try to read. But reading always just makes me more awake. I don't, I've never understood people that recommend reading because I just make because I read like football books and it just makes me more alert. Yeah. yeah. I I have an issue with um I don't give my brain enough peace. So, well, you said the first time you got ill was because you didn't have enough work. To yeah, do, right? so I was pretty rough. From uh, Thursday night, I felt really ill. Friday, I was quite ill. Saturday, I started feeling a bit better. Um, but I said to you, I think it's because my brain was switching off. Yeah, doesn't doesn't really. So every time I take like a proper holiday in the summer, I always get sick. Yeah. So, yeah, that's my own problems. So to answer Amber's question, what do you do when you don't sleep? I, Count backwards from hundred. Just keep going, or uh, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't do that. <laughs> right, that's the wrap. Uh, obviously, we split that into chunks. I don't actually know how long that was in duration. Uh, long enough. Yeah. But um, yeah, thank you, everyone. Do you want to do the outro? I suppose so. Be nice to each other, everyone. Play it your way and cue music, please. Manchild. <laughs> Oh, my God.
Podcast Network.